Hi, I'm Rachel, and you're listening to the Tipsy Traveler podcast, where we talk about cocktails, travel stories, and how-tos. Let's get started. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Tipsy Traveler. This week I'm going to be talking about how to choose a location or how to narrow down where you might want to travel. I know right now it's kind of a weird time to be talking about this, but I feel like once we all kind of get out of quarantine, the next step is going to be looking at travel for the winter or next spring. So I want you guys to be prepared and be able to start narrowing down those locations. And this is also just something that I really love to do. I'll plan trips kind of using this method just kind of for fun, but definitely when I start to look into real actual trips that I'm going on, this is how I start to narrow it down. So I wanted to kind of share that process with you guys. But of course, first and foremost, we're going to talk about our cocktail of the week. This week, we have a cocktail that my boyfriend Brian made up. I'm calling it the Little Blue Boy, and you'll soon realize why. (laughs) And it is just one ounce of peach vodka, one ounce of raspberry rum, half an ounce of blue carousel, and top with Sprite. So probably around three to four ounces of Sprite, depending on your glass. And it is very bright blue, and it is very sweet and fruity, if you can't tell. I highly recommend sitting by a pool drinking it. If you live somewhere warm, go sit outside on your porch or in your backyard. This is the perfect summertime drink. Plus it's like blue, which is fun. I don't know. Blue drinks seem to be fun. Maybe they're not. But that's our cocktail this week because it doesn't really have to fit on any particular theme. So I thought I would just do something kind of different. So let's get into it. How to narrow down a location when you want to travel. The first thing that I always do is narrow down how much time I have. As you guys know, I'm an entrepreneur. So technically I could take a month off or six months off or a long weekend. It all just kind of depends on what events I have booked. If I have a wedding booked, obviously I need to be wherever that wedding is. But especially in the winter time, like I could take three months off and travel. Obviously, a lot of that depends on if I could afford to do that. (laughs) But that tends to be what I narrow down first. And half the time, I've got to say, it depends on if I'm traveling with someone and how much time they can take off of work. But whatever your schedule looks like, you know if you have a day off of work or if you can take 10 days off or whatever that looks like. But narrow down exactly how long you want to go on a trip. Most of the time for me, that falls into three different categories. Long weekend trips, so like three to five days. Week-long trips, which I kind of categorize as 10 days trips because if you take a week off of work, you have the weekend on either side or one and a half plus. So trips that you can take like six or seven days off of work and then you have the weekends too kind of mixed in there. So you have maybe up to maybe up to 13, 14 days total to travel or more. And those kind of tend to be best for long international trips. But once you're able to kind of narrow that down, it'll really help you figure out how far you can actually go. If you only have like a three day weekend, like Labor Day or something like that, you're not going to fly to South Africa because you won't even like, I don't even think physically you'd be able to get there and back in three days, depending on where you live. If you're in the States, like I think that by the time you got there, you could like take a deep breath and then get back on a plane and fly back to the States. So obviously, if you have like a long weekend, you're looking at something within maybe a three hour drive at the most, you could probably push it and do, you know, six, seven, eight hour drive. I've definitely done that before. In January, we took a trip up to Red Mountain with my volleyball team and it's maybe a six or seven hour drive. I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember the specifics because I wasn't driving, (laughs) but we did that for a long weekend to ski and hang out. So sometimes it's worth it, but I would say most of the time, if you just have three days, you're looking at three hours or less so that you're actually able to enjoy the trip and you're not just driving or like thinking about the next drive. You know what I mean? 
So for me, a, a long weekend or a weekend trip looks like some kind of road trip in the Pacific Northwest because I live in Seattle, car camping, maybe a backpacking trip depending on how long the, the hike would be, but anywhere like Portland or Vancouver, BC or anywhere in between Bellingham would be a really great long weekend kind of situation for me. And then I'd also probably consider any kind of cheap flights, especially if they're nonstop. If they have a layover, and I know that this is probably nonsense, <laughs> or just like it only makes sense in my head, but if I have a nonstop flight from here to Chicago, I'll do that in a long weekend. Like I'll do that Friday afternoon, come back Monday, like that's no problem. But if I have a stop, like if I have to fly from Seattle to Denver, Denver to Chicago, it doesn't make as much sense to me to have a long weekend. <laughs> I mean, it, obviously it takes more time. Like you have to deplane and replane and there's like the whole layover situation of how long you're hanging out in the airport. So I know that it does make sense that it will take more time, but I just won't do it. Like if I can't find a direct flight, I'm not going somewhere for a long weekend. So I would also consider flying domestic for three or four days. Anything beyond that. So if I have to fly, if I have to fly with a layover <laughs> or if I'm flying internationally, that's not Canada or Mexico because even some flights to Canada or Mexico, especially Canada for me, I'm so close. I would still, I may potentially consider it for a long weekend if it's a nonstop flight. However, most of the time if I'm flying internationally, even to Canada or Mexico, I would want at least a week. It's kind of one of those things that like, how much time are you spending traveling versus spending there? Because if you're spending six or seven hours on a plane to get somewhere and you're only spending two days, it's kind of like, does the stress of sitting on a plane for six or seven hours, which I guess it's not really stressful for me, I love it, but <laughs> if it's stressful for you <laughs> and it's stressful for a lot of people, but if I'm adding it all up and the flight is six hours and it takes me at least an hour to get to the airport from my house and then I have to be at the airport, well, I only get to the airport like 30 minutes before a flight, but even 30 minutes, that's an hour and a half before the flight that I absolutely can't be doing anything. And then six hours on the flight and then probably another hour and a half to either get a rental car or call an Uber to get to the Airbnb or wherever I'm staying. So, and then I have to do that all back, right? So we're looking at probably eight hours, nine hours each way of travel. So essentially two full days of things that I could be doing instead. So at that point, like I would want to spend more than two or three days there. You know what I mean? I keep saying that. I keep saying like, oh, you know what I mean? As if you know what I mean. And I really hope that you do. <laughs> it's sometimes hard like recording these because I'm just essentially talking to myself and I hope that it makes sense. I guess we'll find out if you guys tell me that this is stupid. <laughs> but yeah, so if you're keeping track, the first thing I do is how much time I have. The second thing is how far I'm willing to travel within that time frame. And then the third thing, and sometimes honestly, this can be the first thing as well, but budget is obviously a big factor. I'm a millennial and I'm what I would consider a self-made person. So I don't have a trust fund to rely on. I don't even work for a corporation that I could like rely on for benefits. Like I do everything myself and like I depend on myself to work to make money if I don't do sick days, right? So for me, obviously budget comes into this very often. I will say that I am really, really good at traveling on a budget. I've done it for years. And so I'm talking about Peru next week. So I'll definitely dive into this more about traveling on a budget, but I think I had maybe $1,200 
$1,000 for three months. <laughs> and given I just finished college, so I didn't really have any major bills or anything like that. I wasn't paying rent back in Seattle or anything like that. But all that to say, I am pretty good at figuring out how much I should budget for a trip and then also good at finding ways to stick to a small budget when I'm traveling. I know this comes into play for most people. And I think this is the biggest reason people don't travel is they think they need a ton of money to travel. And sometimes that is the case. If you want to travel somewhere hard to get to or that will take a long time to get to, like South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, even sometimes, you know, depending on where you live, parts of Asia, if it's going to take you a long time to get there, most likely you're going to have to invest more money. And then obviously some places are really expensive once you get there, like New Zealand, Iceland, like there are places that will cost you a lot of money, even if you can find a cheap flight to get there. They're just more expensive places. But if you want to travel on a budget, you can. Like there are so many options. I think that like I've gone to Europe before and stayed in $12, $15 a night hostels and they're not glamorous, you know, and I take a lock to lock up my laptop and my camera and everything because it's a little sketchy sharing a room with 10 other people, but it's definitely possible. So I would say if you are scared or worried about traveling because of a budget, reach out to me and talk and I will like plan out a trip for you (laughs) based on your budget as long as it's reasonable. I mean, I can't plan a trip to Europe on $200. Like you can't even afford a flight for that. So what I'm saying is there are options. And typically the way that I break down budget is starting with a flight. That tends to be my biggest expense flight. And if I'll have to travel once I get there. So if I'm, for instance, going to Europe and I know that I'm flying to London, but I also want to go to Dublin or to Rome or up to Munich. If I know that once I get where I'm going on my big round trip flight, that I'll also have other expenses like smaller flights or trains or buses, then I'll also look at those as part of like my transportation budget. Typically, transportation is my biggest budget, followed closely by food and alcohol. (laughs) Obviously, you have to eat when you get there. So figuring out a good game plan. And most of the time, honestly, I'll kind of designate one meal a day to be like an eating out meal. So something more authentic based on like the cuisine of the area or whatever, going to a restaurant that is a Thai restaurant in Thailand. But the other two meals, I just kind of try and keep it simple. So if I can get to a grocery store, if I have ability to cook it all, then I'll just get like eggs and rice or peanut butter if I can find peanut butter, which some parts of the world it's really difficult or just like bread and cheese and have that as a meal to keep the budget down and then kind of do a little bit of a splurgy meal for one of the meals a day. So if that all makes sense, kind of eat at home (laughs) to the best of your ability or keep things really cheap, simple, easy for two meals and then kind of do a little bit more of a splurgy meal for the third one to be able to kind of taste the flavors of that region because obviously Obviously, everywhere you go is going to have food that is special for their country, their region. So it's important to try them. But I also think that if you're on a budget, it's almost unrealistic to eat authentic food for every single meal, depending on the area. Again, like if you're in Peru, everything's pretty cheap there or Thailand. It's really easy to eat out three meals a day in Thailand. But if you're in Europe or somewhere like that, it's kind of unreasonable to think spending 20 euros on every single meal. It's just it's going to break your budget, plain and simple. I hope you enjoyed my budget rant. Those are the big three things that I work on to kind of narrow down what kind of trip I can actually take and afford to take based on time and money. And then the fun starts. You get to start to narrow down the vibe of the trip. So something that my boyfriend and I do pretty often when we talk about our December trips are, do we want a chill trip or do we want an adventure trip? And adventure trip can look like a lot of different things. It can look like going to the beach, but you're parasailing or you're renting jet skis or there's zip lining there or you're scuba diving, like that can be an adventure trip. But if you want like a chill trip, you could also go to the beach and like lay on the beach and sip margaritas or like go to an all-inclusive resort. Like there are so many different kind 
kinds of things you can do in the same area. So narrowing down if we want it to be an adventure trip or a chill trip really helps us narrow down the types of places we should be booking to stay and the amount of money we should be expecting to spend on specific things. For instance, if you're going to the beach to go scuba diving, then you'll need to rent the gear, I'm presuming. I've never been scuba diving. (laughs) But like you have to get out into the water. So like, are you renting a boat? Are you paying someone to take you out there? Are you, I know that they have like tours and things that you can go on. Are you doing that? You have to rent the gear or bring your own. I'm sure that you can't fly with all all of it. (laughs) So those are all expenses that you have to think through. Whereas if you're going to the beach and just like chilling, there are still expenses you have to think through. Like how many drinks are you going to consume? How much food are you going to consume? Are you staying at an all-inclusive resort? Because obviously that's going to cost a big chunk of change. So we start there with narrowing down adventure or chill. And then from there, think through, okay, cold, hot, there's ski lodges, there are mountain resorts, there are forest cabins, there are deserts with all kinds of things to do. There are mountains, there's big cities, there are smaller cities that are like more chill. You know, there's there's so many different kinds of places you can go. So I think figure out the two types of trips you take most often. And for us, that looks like either an adventure trip or a relaxed trip. And then figure out what you want to do. And I know I'm oversimplifying it, but I really do think that if you start from the top and you figure out how much time you have and then kind of break it down into how far you want to travel and like what your budget looks like and then you're on to choosing a vibe. Like if you've already determined that you only have four days and you can spend $1,200 for the entire trip including flights and lodging and everything, you're not going to choose a vibe like the desert and assume that you're going to Morocco. You're going to choose a vibe like the desert and assume that you're going to Arizona or New Mexico if you live in the States. If you live in Europe, maybe you can hop down to Morocco in a long weekend, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's like if you start with the top and narrow down what you can actually accomplish, then choosing a location gets pretty easy based on the things you enjoy. If you haven't caught on, I obviously love to talk about travel. I love to travel more than I love to talk about it, and I love to talk about it a lot. (laughs) So I'm hoping to put together a few more how-tos as far as planning trips because I know that a lot of people struggle with this. And this is an area that I really thrive in. I just always have been able to piece together travel logistics in a way that makes sense. So all that said, I'm piecing together a lot more planning help for you guys. Some will come in the form of podcasts. Some will come in the form of different like PDF guides or Google map, um, like layered maps where you have different locations. But I'm piecing together all of these resources for you because I think that it is really daunting to hop into traveling when you don't feel confident. And I feel really confident. And so I want to share some of that confidence with you. And I want to be able to help you not only narrow down where to go on vacation, but how to get there and how to travel well once you're there, how to drink well, how to eat well, where to stay. Because I know these are all logistics that go into travel planning and it comes so naturally for me to figure these things out. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. So I want to help. I want to be a resource. If you're planning a trip and you have questions, ask me them. Like, I'm not a travel agent. I'm not going to be like, oh, pay me $100 and I'll plan your trip because I don't feel qualified to do that. But I do know a lot about navigating the logistics. But I hope this helps some of you 
try and piece together what your travel life might look like after quarantine and everything that we're going through right now. Definitely not the most riveting of episodes, I know. Next week's will be definitely a lot more exciting. I'm going to be sharing with you about my time in Peru. I spent three and a half months there, so I definitely have a lot to share. I think it'll probably be Peru episode one, and there will be multiple parts to it because I don't think I can cover all of it in one episode. So next week's will be a little bit more adventuresome and exciting, but for now, I just wanted to kind of give you somewhere to start as we slowly start piecing together our travel lives and our overall lives. (laughs) Hope you're all doing well, and I look forward to sharing more travel stories next week.